Hey everybody, this is Josh. Welcome to Mayfair Theater Podcast. It's Lee and I this week. Mm. So all by ourselves. Yes. <laughs> we all Star Wars all the time. <laughs> I don't feel lonely to you. No. no. <laughs> uh, this will be for the week of August 25th through 31st, 2017. Uh, yeah, summer's over. Summer's done. Is that When is summer actually done? Well, I think kids go back to school September 4th. Yeah. Yeah. No, September 5th. September 3rd is the finale of Twin Peaks, the two-hour finale, and September 4th is the last day. It's Labor Day Monday, and then the 5th is D-Day. So does kids going back to school for you mean actually your schedule frees up a lot? Oh, well, I get a um, regulated schedule. Yeah. I get regular. (laughs) Yeah, I know when the kids have to be at school. I know when they have to get off school. Until then, it's like, I don't know when, I can't remember when Nerf camp starts and ends, (laughs) or when there's soccer games, and it's just crazy. The summer's been manic. Yeah, all my friends with the kids, it's just been language classes, swimming classes, camps. Jiu-jitsu. And then when they don't have anything, they can't work because then they got to watch their kids because it's yeah. cheaper to do that than get That's a, the worst part. I hate spending time with my kids. They're stupid and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> They're at home, single tier. Not listening to this dad podcast. <laughs> Listen to daddy on the podcast. <laughs> uh, screw them. If you're listening, turn off your computers. Take them away from you when I get home. Speaking of your wiener kids. He went with one of them to Pittsburgh. The, the, the weeniest of wieners. <laughs> yeah, Max and I went to the SteelCon. For the second Pittsburgh visit in recent memory. Yes, the summer, I think. Yeah. The second, yeah, because I would never be able to bring him during a school year. Right. School, uh, well, while school's on. Yeah, for the second time this summer, I guess two months ago, I went to... SteelCon convention, which is held in the parking lot of the Monroeville Mall, yeah. where they shot the original 1978 film *Dawn of the Dead*, directed by George Romero, who passed just one month ago. Right. We went there because they were having a big *Dawn of the Dead* reunion with a lot of the cast and crew, and they had a guy who gave tours of the mall and where they shot all That's the. That's so location. great! It's amazing. It's amazing that the mall has embraced that. Yeah. You know? Well, they have. Yeah. The um. The I met the manager of the mall, and she. This woman who reminds me a lot of Anya. Okay. Anya. Anya. If Anya was, <laughs> you know, 55, it would be this woman. Yeah. And she, is a, she loves Donna the Dead. And she loves the fans. And even when I stole all those posters from the mall, <laughs> she didn't story. press charges right away. She decided to say, look, if you send them right back, we won't press charges. And I did. And because I did, I was able to cross the border again with my son this, just like last weekend. I can't remember if we spoke about that on air, but I yeah, will, you basically got... Caught red-handed. <laughs> I stole six posters from the Monroeville Mall because I thought I would make good souvenirs. <laughs> and I gave one to you and Andrew. Yeah. I took them back because I got this email. See, what happened is I went on Facebook and I posted a bunch of pictures of me yeah, at the Monroeville Mall. Media. Yeah. And I hashtag all the pictures as Monroeville Mall. And yeah, yeah. the manager just looked up Monroeville Mall, saw my ugly face, you know, said, that's the guy who stole all. She said that she had surveillance footage of me taking all these posters out of racks, poster racks, posters that said things like, shop at the Monroeville Mall, yeah, this yeah. Father's Day at the Monroeville Mall, it was a week before Father's Day, and she just politely said, look, kind of understand why you took it, people do that all the time, but yeah. I caught you, ah. so return them, and we won't press charges, so I FedExed them the next day. Can she send us the footage of you? <laughs> I, I would love Put like Crime Stoppers music underneath Punching it. nuns in the face. <laughs> A mugshot. This Canadian criminal crossed our border. Kicking Boy Scouts in the in the balls. Taking posters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, like, last week we went back to the SteelCon convention. They have three a year at the parking lot of the Monroeville Mall. 
the second time this summer I was able to see the mall from Dawn of the Dead and take my son this time. But I approached the border not knowing what would happen. I didn't tell my wife and then I didn't <laughs> yeah. tell my son that there's a good chance we're not crossing the border. <laughs> because yeah. if I, they did press charges, then they would have questioned me. And, yeah. and, but we slipped through the Trump territory, yeah. 45. We were at, you know, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't so bad, actually. My daughter had a soccer game in Toronto, so I drove five hours to Toronto. We stayed at one night in a hotel, got up at seven, left by eight. So it was another, Toronto's halfway. Right, right. And then another five hours to Pittsburgh. And, you know, by 2 p.m., I was shaking hands with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, waking up in Toronto at seven, having a continental breakfast. Yeah. And, yeah, and hanging out with the likes of Burt Reynolds, Nancy Allen. And uh, Ralph Macchio, who's 55 years The Karate Kid is now 55, and he's playing the Karate Kid again now yeah. on the TV show. Nancy Allen's probably the one I'd like to chat with the most. She's well, she cool. was the most She's chatty. Like, yeah. she, had, she had the shortest line because people are idiots. Uh, she was so nice, and she was very uh, gracious to my son. Mm-hmm. And she was curious about what she, he thought of some of her movies, like Carrie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked at length about Poltergeist 3 because she was in that. And I do like the third Poltergeist movie quite a bit. Right. Uh, I know what's wrong with it, but I do, right. like, <laughs> I do like the majority of it. And, uh, of course, my son just gaga over her because of Robocop. All three Robocop movies yeah. are good. Even the one where he's flying around fighting ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> but we went down primarily to meet Burt Reynolds, which was awesome because yeah. Burt Reynolds is a legend. He's a hero of my household. And Max had seen Cannibal Run 1 and 2, Smoking the Bandit. And I, before we went, I showed him Deliverance. Right. And usually people's eyes pop when I say <laughs> I showed Deliverance to my son, but I, I skipped over the sodomy scene. I skip over a lot of sodomy <laughs> yeah. in my life. <laughs> well, except for that scene, which is kind of legendary and important to the plot. Yes. When I saw the movie, I didn't see the movie till I was a teenager on mm. VHS probably. And I had already known the legends, you know, of, yeah. of it, even before the internet days. And I didn't know how much of a great kind of action thriller the movie was. Yeah. And having at the time known older Burt Reynolds, kind of sitcom mm. Burt Reynolds almost. Yeah, right, yeah. And you see this young He's guy in shade. a vest with a crossbow or whatever it was, and you're like, oh, he was an Very action hero. Macho, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's known for that one scene, but around that is, of course, this amazing, mm-hmm. scary thriller that makes you never want to go camping ever again. And Max doesn't want to go canoeing ever again. Ever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does for canoeing what Jaws does for the water, I guess. Or Deep Throat does for oral sex. It just makes you never want to go never. there again. <laughs> so did you get to chat with Bert? Yeah, it was nice. I took the poster that's hanging up in the oh, yeah. woman's so cool. washroom door has a poster it's the advanced teaser poster for paternity and it just says he wants to have your baby and Burt Reynolds is pointing at you and it's a really nice illustration of Burt yeah. I've had it for years and I wanted to get that signed so we unscrewed it from the washroom door just the night before because Max and I came to see Hard Boiled okay, yeah. and we got in the car and, and I remember one time years ago I, I love it when people come to the Mayfair women say to me where's the woman's washroom and I just I always say just look for Burt Reynolds baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it gets a good giggle especially from the men you're with yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember years ago these nuns came in just to use the washroom. I don't think they were here for a movie. And these nuns came in just to use the wooden ones washroom. I said, get the fuck off my property. <laughs> oh, man, I wish a whole bunch of nuns came to watch Hard Boiled or something. <laughs> it was during the day. It was a matinee. And it might be a kid's movie on. But they went to use the washroom. When they came out, yeah. that's when they noticed the Burt Reynolds poster. He wants to have your baby. Yeah. And they were crossing themselves as, as they left the washroom. So I told this to Burt Reynolds' agent. Yeah. When we got in line, it was a long line for Burt Reynolds because he never signs autographs. No. Never does autographs. So this is something he, he, he never, you know, it was, that's why 
why we had to go because he mm-hmm. doesn't go around like many like Ralph Macchio does or maybe Nancy Allen. Yeah. So it was a special treat, and I asked, I, you know, by the time we got to the front line, I'd asked the manager, you know, when's the last time he's done this? And he's like, oh, I think we've done it once before. And I'm like, you going to do it again? Anything going to Toronto, Fan Expo, or anything? He's like, yeah, I don't think we're doing this anytime soon. How do you soon. end up in Pittsburgh? Because he probably lives know. in L.A., right? He must have a terrible manager. Yeah. <laughs> because I imagine there could have been more money to be made at Fan Expo, you know? Yeah, or San Diego Comic-Con or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was a really small outfit. Maybe, maybe they chose it to get in and out quick. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, or maybe he knew someone. Or but it was nice. The lineup was still long, even though there was not a lot of people ever at SteelCon. I don't find, especially in the lineups, you usually can walk up to. You know, remember Tom Savini was sitting around, no one was yeah. talking to him. Bert had a long lineup because there were tons of people in line with boxes. Oh, okay. And in the other box, they had all those folded original theatrical posters. Like guys had like hundreds of posters in a box, and yeah. they're paying for each signature. Oh my god! And it was eighty dollars US per signature. Oh my god! And these guys were forking over a thousand dollars. And the guy with me in line said, "Yeah, because they're going to go and sell it on eBay. They're not really Burt Reynolds fans." Right. And I want I wanted to yell out, "Okay, if you can't sing one verse from the Smoking the Bandit theme song, get out of line." Yeah, <laughs> that, that always whether it's comic books or animation yeah. or, or an actor that always bothers me yeah. when you see someone going up. With comic books, what's happened is they do this thing now that's horrible where they... I always forget what it's called. But it's like comic book grade, and it's in a hard plastic shell. So you can never read the comic. And it says, this is a 9.7. Yes, and grading, they, yes. There was a company like that there. So, so now there's a thing like that where before it gets put in a shell, they get it autographed in a certain part. So now people I know who are big shot artists and, and writers... They'll get one, and they're refusing to sign it because it'll have like a little page over it with a little window cut out, and that's where they want you to sign. And you know when they want you to sign only in the lower right-hand corner without a two-lee, it's going into a plastic case. Yeah. And oh, it just drives me nuts because when I go up, it it gets like, to Josh, thanks. They'll do a little doodle on the cover of a Ninja Turtle if it's one of those guys, you know? And it's clearly, I love it. You're a fan. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's funny you say that because a lot of people now ask, do you want me to personalize this? Right. Do you want me to personalize this? Because you probably want to go sell this, but I think that they like it. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they like it when I say, no, no, personalize it, please. So Max, all our autographs say to Lee and Max. Yeah. Or with with Clive Barker, I brought up a a well-read book that looked like it had been read three or four times, loaned Mm -hmm. out or whatever. And he loved that. He was like, oh, I love getting a book that has some track to it. Yeah. And I chatted with Clyde Barker for like 15 minutes. He drew a little doodle in my book. Did he book. flirt with you? Uh, he, was, he was the <laughs> best flirty 50-year-old gay British guy ever. He was so cool. And he had a giant line. And the, it was at Fan Expo back in the day. We were told it's the end of the day. Everyone go home. And he refused to leave. And he was like, no, I'm going to sign for everybody. And his lineup was taking forever because he was shaking hands, oh, taking wow. pictures, drawing sketches. Wow. So... But something like that, you, all of us fans are endeared to him forever. You'll never hear somebody say a bad word about Clive Barker. I had to get I had to get ushered away from Burt Reynolds. Right, yeah. <laughs> His handlers had to come over and say, okay, buddy, move along. Yeah. So I was talking to him too much because by having these people with their boxes and all their posters, and I, I wanted to say, what's the sequel to yeah. White Lightning? If you don't know that, get out get of the line. Yeah. We got to the front of the line, talked to his manager. He, um, I told him the story about the nuns and the poster. Because I had the poster, and he goes, that's a great poster. That signature look awesome. I told him picture of the nuns, and he belly laughed. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, Bert's going to love that story. Make sure you tell Bert that story. And 
I told Bert the story, yeah. and he told me, go tell that to Beverly. Beverly D'Angelo was sitting right at the table next to her. I didn't see her. Oh, wow. Because I was so transfixed on Bert. Right, like, oh, right, fuck. Right. And she's in Paternity. Yeah. So I had, it gave me an excuse to go over and talk to Beverly D'Angelo. But I liked that Bert gave me a direction, and I followed it. Yeah. <laughs> but the manager, of Bert's manager, who also manages his website okay. and his film and, and school, his film and acting school mm-hmm. in Jupiter, Florida, he gave me his card. So I have this really awesome Bert Reynolds card from his manager. And he wants me to send the picture of my son with the signed poster at the woman's okay, wedding to yeah. put on the website. So we'll be Ooh. a little bit of a part, be, be a part of the Burt Reynolds website institution. Yeah. Thanks to Burt Reynolds institution. I sent him just last night, so hopefully it'll get up soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then actually, so Burt Reynolds was why we went down there. Yeah. But probably the coolest thing that happened is that we went to the Monroeville Mall, and inside the mall, just a month after George Romero died, there was there was a memorial set up right. at the bottom of the escalator. There was some velvet ropes set up into about a rectangle. Inside yeah. the rectangles, people left flowers and notes to George and his fans who ever read it. So Max said, and I saw that, and we got up in the morning. The next morning, we got a, a bouquet of flowers and a card, and we wrote on it, and we laid it down. Yeah. And as we walked away, this young woman with a camera chased us down the, the mall corridor and said, oh, Oh, I just took lots of pictures. It's you, of you. the thief. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she t- I took lots of pictures of you and your son laying at your memorial and the, your flowers. And, you know, I want to put it in the Monroe newspaper. I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah. So that was the. I think that was kind of the nicest moment of the whole trip. And then we had had hit Evan City on the way back. Yeah, and you hit a bunch of kind of nerd highlights along the way. Yeah, we went. Oh, we well, yes, we went to the Monroeville Airport, and that's the thing. Everyone goes to the mall, but they forget. And I didn't realize the first time we went, the Monroeville Airport's this tiny little airport behind the suburban household, and you feel like you're on the set of Dawn of the Dead, the airport where the where the zombie gets the top of his head cut off. But yeah, it, yeah. That bit, it feels like you're on set. Like there, the little chalets there, the lights over the gas station. It's so cool. And then we had Evan City went to the cemetery for Night of the Living Dead, and this yeah. time the George A. Romero Museum was open, the Living Dead Museum. Yeah. And we went in that, and that was fun. Spent way too much money. Way yeah. too much <laughs> I told my wife, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a horror film convention. And Burt Reynolds, it's, it's not going to have any Star Wars toys for us to buy. I spent so much money <laughs> on some vintage Star Wars stuff, and you know, just trying to keep my son happy out of drugs. Yeah. Off yeah, yeah. <laughs> the drugs. My mom always said back in the day when it was like, me and the same four friends I hang out with now, a Saturday would go by and she wouldn't hear from me for 12 or 14 hours. And she'd make a couple calls to a couple other moms or dads, and she would just know that we were somewhere in a basement playing Dungeons and Dragons or watching a movie at the Mayfair. Yeah. Because she's like, yeah, none of us were doing drugs or robbing things or whatever. So nerd kids are where it's at. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the best kids to have. Until someone came over and said to, to us that, no, no, Max is going to sell all this to buy drugs. Yeah. <laughs> To go back to Deliverance for a second, you yeah. know anything? When I worked at West Coast Video, every weekend there were certain movies that left the shelf. Not new releases, but the, you know, every weekend you knew someone was going to come in and rent T2, Judgment Day, or the original Terminator. All the Star Wars movies would probably be off the shelf. The Holy Grail, Life of Brian. You know, there were certain films that always, The, the Road Warrior, yeah. uh, Robocop. But one of those films, every once in a while, a dad would come in with their son. And they'd want to watch Deliverance. And they'd be proudly take their son <laughs> with their arm around their shoulder and come to the, I'm going to show this to my son this evening. And I'm like, I don't think you remember Deliverance very well. That's not a comfortable movie to sit down and watch with your son. 
you know, because I remember working, I started working at West Coast, I think, when I was 16. And that was when I first saw Deliverance, too. Right. Because it wasn't a film that was always on television, I guess. Anywho, anywho, that was my trip to Monroeville well, the second time. That's the other <laughs> weird part of our secret origin is that you worked at West Coast in Orleans and yes. I worked at West Coast in Ottawa. Yes. And then years later, we own a movie theater together. <laughs> <laughs> I eventually did a little bit of work when Gail Pickwick bought that location. Right. I did. Yeah. I went in to bring over the Laserdisc, but Mark ended up working there. Yeah. Mark, yeah, that's right. Mark worked there. While I was in high school, Mark worked at, down here, and I worked in Orleans. I never touched the caches, though. I just walked around the floor and recommended movies all weekend. Oh, okay, yeah. When White Men Can't Jump came out on home video, yeah. I wore, wore a basketball uniform and dribbled a basketball <laughs> around the f- and recommended movies. An Oscar night, I would rent a tuxedo and wear it and, and walk around with a fake Oscar and recommend movies. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's so weird, because... As we speak, if folks who are listening from Ottawa, West Coast Video is two blocks down the road from us, just sitting there. Empty. Empty, because it had yeah. a fire, but the awning is still up, and I assume there's still a bunch of I think it's a crime inside. scene. It's no, weird. they took out the... They told... That burnt not too long after we had taken over yeah. the cinema, yeah. and the woman running it called me and said, we got... I took out my entire library. I have this like warehouse full of movies, and she wanted to convince us to rent her movies here during the day. Oh, I remember that. Oh, my God, yeah. And I I like the idea because I'm, I like video stores, and I worked at video stores so long, but yeah. I felt like my you know my job and your job, we spend so much time trying to get people out of their living rooms. Exactly, yeah. Come see a movie. Why would we convince them to stay home? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I went to see Logan Lucky last night. And, you know, like every new movie you see at a Cineplex. Cineplex? Yeah, Cineplex. It starts, you know, just before the movie starts, keep your ticket and go online and make a super oh, ticket. Yeah, and so yeah. you can download this movie a week before it comes out on home video. So weird. And it's like, wow, you're, again, I, you're reminding people how much better it is just to stay home and watch a movie. Yeah. You know, the reclining lazy boy chairs they have in theaters now. It's like, oh, yeah, this feels like home. And then subconsciously, why don't I just stay home and watch yeah. a movie? Yeah, I, I've thought that ever since they started doing that, I thought that was the strangest thing. Yeah, even my son loses it. You know, when they when they when they when they advertise Netflix or on the Rogers on Demand advertisement comes up before a movie, he loses it. <laughs> I always used to think that was weird. On comic books, like years ago, I remember reading a Marvel comic book. Mm-hmm. And the back page ad would be for Batman Returns movie. Yes. And I was like, some of the ad department's not thinking things through. Because this is, you're, you have a big ad for your competition right on the back page. <laughs> oh, yeah. DC, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, it was very strange. Mm-hmm. And I'll see that now. Yeah, people, it would be like if you walked in McDonald's and they had an ad for Burger King up on the yeah. wall. It's very yeah. strange to me. Yeah. But. I, I, I use that analogy a lot to people. You know, if people come in to see a movie... They come in the Mayfair sometimes and work in the box office and they'll yeah. say, oh, uh, can I get two for Fast and the Furious? I'm like, right. you're at the wrong movie theater. Oh, where's the Lansdowne Theater? I'm like, well, why don't you go into Burger King and ask them where McDonald's is? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get the same answer. Get off my property. <laughs> I had a guy come in once and he asked about the movies we were screening mm-hmm. and he could tell he wasn't impressed. And he was like, well, where could I see other stuff around here? And I kind of looked at him <laughs> dumbfounded. I'm like, really? And I was like... And the same thing, like you don't walk into Starbucks and go like, mm, "Where's the bridgehead?" <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very strange thing that they don't think there's any form of loyalty to the cause mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. somebody at the box office would just be like, "Oh yeah, go uh, go out to Gloucester, go out to suburbia." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Did you see B side? I did see B side. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. Yeah, I saw. The camera was amazing. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That weird... I've never seen that kind of thing before, like a five-foot-tall camera. 40 by 60 Polaroid camera, and it took life-size Polaroids. 
And it was incredible. Like, and it would like, take the picture, and it would come off the printer right away. Back in the fifties, yeah, 60s. so bizarre. Yeah, uh, was I, I was thinking about. Makes how, me think we're only showing good movies now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have oh. some friends who work in movies in like uh, wardrobe, and she was saying a few years back, Polaroids were great mm-hmm. because you yes. take a picture, continuity. Oh, you got your glasses on, you got that T-shirt. Yeah. Now I guess that's kind of been replaced by just cell phones. Yeah. But in that little window in between, it must have been hell because just kind of keeping track of everything. Because I remember her having a big keychain full of Polaroids. Yeah. And it was like, this is this actor, this is this actress. I still have all my Polaroids of Sasha Gray. We were oh, making yeah. Smash Cut. I kept all those. So we came in for um, one of my little fake nephew's birthday party on the weekend. We did mm-hmm. a little pre-movie birthday party. And some of the kids are walking around, and my friend Fred's kid... I was just happened to be standing behind getting him like a drink of water, and he saw the Sasha Gray poster in the candy How old bar. Is he? He's like four. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like a million questions, right? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, who's that? And I go, and I just, I just played it neutral, right? I go, oh, that's an actress. And he said, what's her name? And I said, Sasha Gray. And what's the movie for? And I said, oh, well, this is for. I said, my friend Lee did a bunch of like a short bunch of short film festival and I think this is a poster she just did as a favor for him oh and he just he wouldn't shut up and he was like how does he know her and I was like well he did a, a movie with her Lee directed a movie made a movie with her oh does she live here and just like so like sooner or later he's gonna say like Sasha Gray and some yeah. teacher or somebody's gonna be like wait what <laughs> I know I think that of my kids because my kids were on set and right. spent time with her she'd come over to the house for dinner and I keep wondering I mean I guess my 13-year-old daughter has probably Googled her since. Right. And if you Google Sash Gray, you know, it's not pleasant. <laughs> it's like, oh, a Steven Sonnenberg movie. Well, actually, oh, like... it has changed. It used to be if you Google Sasha Gray, you'd get my ass is haunted and all these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now it is, yeah, she's more straight. But, a bit more yeah. mainstream. Yeah, yeah, a bit more. But he's, um, like, he's like, yep, that kid wanted to know all about Sasha Gray. And well, it clearly has a good eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I, I don't know how much time we have left, but uh, Jerry Lewis passed. Yes. Which I thought was, you know, a gut check. The world is less funny. And yeah. I thought, I, so we should do some Jerry Lewis movies. We did a festival a few years ago, and no one came. And, and that's always the problem. And, and yeah. I, I totally understand people requesting these movies. Did they for Jerry Lewis? Requesting? Uh, not to me, to be honest, no. Yeah. But I remember back in doing... We did a Ray Harryhausen festival, mm-hmm. which was like the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And oh, yeah. wasn't greatly attended. Right. Or we screened like some Marx Brothers, Rabbit mm-hmm. and Costello, same thing. And I've told people, I was like, without trying to sound too snarky, that if we could show just what we wanted mm-hmm. and it got 100 people a night, yeah. it would be a lot different here. Yeah. Like, it's great. We're showing a lot of great stuff. Yeah. But, you know, we would have a Jerry Lewis festival or, yeah. or something like that, but Unfortunately, especially now, like we're the blessing and the curse we have, which is great, is one screen, and we have too many movies. We'll, we'll have too many good things in a week. I, I, I'm the biggest Jerry Lewis fan that I know, and the fact that I was programming Monday morning and he died Sunday, and that I, that I that I didn't put a Jerry Lewis movie right. on that that says something that I just no one's no one in Ottawa cares is going to come. But I'd like to at least say, if you don't mind. If, what I think was brilliant about him as a filmmaker, and a lot of people don't realize about Jerry Lewis, is, you know, one of, you know, three of many things. When Steven Spielberg, he was a high school dropout, and his friends, well, I don't know if he, I don't know if he finished high school, but he wasn't a great student. Yeah. And he couldn't get into UCLA film. They couldn't get into the film school. The only, there was only two film schools back then when, uh, you know, when he, when he was at that age uh, to get into, and he couldn't get into UCLA for a film. 
but Coppola, all his friends did. Coppola, Brian De Palma, George Lucas, they all got in, yeah. and he got left out. And But Jerry Lewis uh, thought Spielberg was very talented and brought him under his wing. And Jerry Lewis used to teach teach at the school, and he let him sit in in all his classes. Okay, And yeah. he became his mentor. So, like... You know, the most successful filmmaker of all time would not exist if it yeah. wasn't for Jerry Lewis teaching him the ropes. You know, the, the obvious one is they invented the video assist. That's my favorite. I've seen yeah. footage of that of him. Some people forget that he was a legitimate filmmaker. Yeah, because he came out of all those movies he made with Dean Martin. A lot of those films were directed by Frank Tashlin, mm-hmm. and Frank used to be an animator for Warner Brothers and did all the classic Looney Tunes cartoons. Frank Tashlin directed probably. 10 of the 15 best or funniest Looney Tune cartoons. So when he started doing live action with Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, they were very, very colorful, and they were very, very toony in a way. Yeah, and, yeah. For sure. So Jerry came out, came out of, in a way, Daffy Tuck and Bugs Bunny mentality as a filmmaker. And, and, and his films are also very colorful and very, the sets are amazingly grandiose. Uh, and yeah, they feel, it feels like watching a live action Looney Tunes cartoon sometimes. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg said that he should put his name on every video assist. Oh yeah, uh, on the market, they, every video assist should have patented by. Or maybe he, I don't think he did patent. No, but just have his name on there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing Gary Lewis did, my, and then we can talk about the main yeah. fair. Is that, yeah. <laughs> is that when he was shooting a movie on the the lot of Paramount or Universal, wherever he was, you know, when people are shooting a movie on a soundstage doors closed and they have a sign up that says quiet on set or closed set Jerry would go to those sound stages and take those signs off throw them in the garbage he would set up bleachers for his fans and while he shot hundreds of his fans would sit in bleachers for no charge and watch him make a movie and he knew what was funny and what wasn't working because he could hear it from his fans and how they were reacting I never heard that isn't that amazing yeah (laughs) unheard of I know they would never do that today but uh, what what a what a yeah what a different kind of filmmaker he was very serious and he became sort of like Buddy Love his alter ego and Nutty Professor yeah uh, when he was off camera I guess but uh, yeah I love the guy I love his movies nothing brings him a smile on my face bigger than a Jerry Lewis vehicle and strangely for me, probably the first time I remember seeing him was King of Comedy. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of knew him as that first. Yeah. And as an older man, because I'd seen him on doing telethons and all that kind of stuff. Yes, the telethons. And there's probably still, God, I don't know, maybe dozens of movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Or at least a dozen, because he did so many. I was thinking the other day, I, I think I liked Kiss when I was a kid because of the telethon. Because Jerry's kid, right. the telethon was all about his, his son who had MS. His son loved Kiss, and so Kiss would always come perform on the telephone. Oh, okay, yeah. When I was a kid, I have a memory of meeting Jerry Lewis. I don't know if I talked about it on the show No, before. I don't think so. My dad was military police, and underneath the MP building across from the Rito Center, we were taking one of the tunnels, because there's a lot of tunnels under there, and Jerry Lewis was in town for a telethon in Ottawa, MS telethon, and he was walking down the corridor by himself, and my dad stopped him, and it's like, oh, can you, I'd just love you to shake hands with my son, and I shook Jerry Lewis's hand, and we went our separate ways, and I have this vivid memory of that, yeah. when my dad thinks I'm cuckoo. You made it up. My dad doesn't think that happened at all, but I, like, maybe it was a dream like the Star Wars Holiday Special, yeah. but that turned out to be real. <laughs> I have the same memory with Chewbacca. I was walking yeah. down the street. <laughs> My mom said I'm crazy. <laughs> Maybe Ned Beatty has the same thing, memory about canoeing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> An unfortunate incident that happened in the woods with canoeing. Wood burn runs. 
Anyway, I could go on and on about Jerry Lewis, but we got our. See, that's the thing is, when it's just the two of us, we could do like an epic, like, Mark yeah. Marin two hour podcast because <laughs> we just both don't shut up. But let's briefly mention the movies we have starting Friday, August 25th. We have The Trip to Spain, which is a rarity of a franchise that's not a superhero action movie. Mm-hmm. This is like now a, now a trilogy that yeah. might keep on going. Oh, well, they say at the end of the movie, I'll see you in the fourth. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I could watch Steve Coogan just doing Michael Keaton impressions for two hours. She so. was only 16 years old. She was I only 16. Did you see, you know, Steve Coogan stars in the biggest, according to the Guinness World Book of Records, the biggest flop of all time. Which was The biggest that? failure. Around the World in 80 Days, the Jackie You know, Chan I've film. never seen that. I've never I, I seen saw that. it three times in the theater. I yeah. saw what's in the Guinness World Book of Records <laughs> three times in the theater. I love that movie. Yeah. But, uh, because I love Jackie Chan. He plays Passport too. Yeah. The movie. So Steve Coogan, whenever I see him, I think of traveling around the world with Jackie. And we'll see how this one works out, but I believe the second trip movie we had right after our digital turnover, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? And it was one of the first ones that I got to point to when people were complaining about the weekly schedule. I'd say, well, yeah. you know this movie that we've now had for five weeks? It's because... Did we play that original film that long? Something like that. We played it yeah. for a long time. Because it was yeah. that back-to-back yeah. with... Alan Partridge, yeah. and then a little while later, his Oscar movie came out. So he was on this run. Mayfair patrons really liked yeah. Steve Coogan. So hopefully this one will do that again, but mm-hmm. it, it was always one that I remember that I got to point at, like I got to point at our flyer and say, yeah, yeah but see how this is here for its fourth week? That's why, you know, yeah. so I'll always think of that. So Trip to Spain, another movie, coincidentally enough, The Queen of Spain. So two, yeah. two Spain <laughs> movies this week. Yeah, the marquee is going to be confusing, probably. Yeah. And so that one is with Penelope Cruz. Uh, looks just like a really fun behind-the-scenes movie yeah. movie. And that's an Ottawa premiere starting on Friday. Another last-minute Ottawa premiere we got was Ingrid Goes West. Yes, which I got a lot of requests for yeah. that one. Yeah, I'm glad we got that. I, I love Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. And we just had The Little Hours not so yes. long ago. And they which, did all right. Which killed me. I, I thought it was so funny. Yeah. This one's a little bit more comedy drama. Yeah. It has a painted poster, which always... Yeah. It's like one foot forward for me to loving a movie. Kind of reminds me of the uh, poster for Inherent Vice. Totally, yes. Wouldn't be surprised if it's the same artist. It's, um, yeah, I believe Aubrey plays a woman who is big into social media celebrity. Mm-hmm. And she starts stalking Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. She, she, I think she crosses the country right. to go, she goes west to Hollywood to find Elizabeth Olsen. So it's kind of a dark comedy around that. Right. Yeah, it looks really good. I was glad that we got that at the last minute. Like we, you only booked that Monday. Well, I guess, because so. I, tr- yeah, we tried to. I tried to do a, a premiere of it and announce it weeks, but uh, they're waiting for see if Bruce wanted it, and Bruce said no. And then they tried to open it at uh, Silver City. Right. So when I saw it wasn't on the roster, I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> it, is, it is genuinely amazing what the multiplexes pass on. Yeah. You can thank you can thank Dunkirk and yeah. and Wonder Woman and all those big money. eating up all the screens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's great. Like, yeah, yeah and I, Christmas I, is going to be great because uh, the Last Jedi will be on every movie. Screen. Yeah, be on twelve screens. <laughs> yeah, top of each other. So we have so that's our three kind of regular engagement movies. Then we have a one night only of a Canadian horror film. Is it a horror film? Blood Honey. Mm-hmm. So that's one night only on Thursday the thirty first. That's an example of the, the little guys are so much better than the big guys at helping us screen a movie. Yes. Because they've been all over social media yeah. and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, so, yeah. They care. Yeah. 
and then this big studios hire people who don't understand their movies at all. You know, I emailed 20th Century Fox. Do you have a DCP of Russ Meyer's Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? <laughs> yeah. What movie yeah. is this? Oh, it drives me crazy. But they're not going to hire someone like you to work there because you're like, going to steal always, things. Yeah. It always blows my mind. Like, when you walk into a comic store, it's great when there's a comic nerd working there. When you walk into a restaurant, it's great when you have somebody who knows food working there. So you think somebody who worked at an archive or at a, a film distribution center should be a big movie nerd, but usually not. I remember one where we were screening Kill Bill and Kill Bill 2. Because mm-hmm. you can't just screen one or the other. Yeah. you got to screen them both. Yeah. And they only sent us Kill Bill 2. Who only screened <laughs> Kill Bill 2? <laughs> yeah. Did we promote on Facebook yet the Suspiria coming up? No, but I will. By the time this podcast airs tomorrow, uh, yeah. I'm going to do that this afternoon, essentially. I sometimes like... It's fun to announce it here first. Yeah, yeah. Then, well, like everything that came out in the last couple of days, so... Suspiria, the Halloween double bill, I haven't done yet. It's on right. my laptop. Okay, yeah. good. So, That's fine. Yeah, so a lot, yeah. lot of cool Halloween stuff yes. coming. And most importantly on this schedule coming up, yeah. Don't Torture a Duckling. What a weird title. The best, <laughs> I think the best of the Jalo films we're showing, it's Lucio Fulci who yeah. directed. Romero's not the only great, I mean, he is the greatest American zombie director, but Fulci made Zombie, City of the Living Dead, oh, and zombie. The Beyond. Yeah. And those are... It's a great trilogy and the best zombie movies made that don't say George Romero's name on them. Uh, he made, you know, his imagery of the zombie was the best. Yeah. So he made this uh, little thriller. At the end of Kill Bill Volume 2, special thanks to Lucio Fulci. And I think that's there specifically because of Don't Torture Your Duckling. Okay. Because there's a scene in Don't Torture Your Duckling that was made before, you know, while... Quentin Tarantino was an itch in his daddy's pants. Lucio Fulci directed Don't Torture Duckling, and there's a scene in the movie, a particularly violent scene set during the day, and someone has a transistor radio on, and they're playing the sort of rock and roll tune while this violent act is happening, and it feels like Tarantino. Right. It's like having fun with violence. The filmmaker, not necessarily the people within the, in the movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember seeing it and thinking, huh. I'm sure Tarantino drew influence from this. Yeah. And then seeing Fulci's name there, I'm like, I bet you that's specifically for that movie. I'm not 100% sure. I would, I could text him if I would. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm excited to watch that again. Well, Blood and Black Lace I saw last Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so different than what I thought it was. I didn't realize it was going to be so almost soap operatic. There was a great scene where they find the diary with the murder victim's diary. Mm-hmm. And it does that thing where it, but it was like, instead of two people, it was like eight. And it was just like, headshot, <laughs> headshot, <laughs> headshot <laughs> of all of them looking suspicious and darting their eyes around. Yeah. And I loved it. And it just looked like it was a, a comic book color mm-hmm. where there was like a scene in an alleyway or, or, and it was just like blue light background and a bright red car and a femme fatale woman walks through the yeah. scene. And it was just gorgeous. Yeah, there's, the giallo is... Italian for the word yellow because a lot of these crime films, sexy crime films, were printed on the novel. The novels were printed on uh, really shitty yellow paper stock because okay, it's yeah. cheaper. So they dubbed the word giallo for all these books. And then when they made movies based on the books or movies that you know came out in a certain era that involved murder and sex, they called them giallos. Now there's two different kinds of giallos. Which you're making me think of talking about now. There's yeah. the Jallos, you know, maybe that um, Argento would make, or Lucio Fulci, which are grotesque Jallos, which, which are, it's mostly that the focus is mostly on gore. Yeah, and, a lot of eyes being gouged or yeah. razor blades or stuff like that. And then there's the romantic Jallos, 
which would be more Mario Bava style. Mario yeah. Bava, where it's just sort of color and oh, color, color and was sex. Great. Like the way he shot women, the way he framed their hips or their legs and their stockings and yeah. where the stockings stopped. And, and you stuff know, that's that important stuff. wasn't so shocking in 2017, but you could see of decades ago, whether it just be a woman being attacked or like a ripped dress mm-hmm. or a, a suicide scene kind of thing, being really shocking for the early yeah. 60s. Yeah, I really liked it. it, it just, dragging, dra- there's scenes of a character dragging naked women across the carpet, and it just seemed, it was, it was yeah, not a heaven's time, but it seemed um, wrong. I could imagine people the best just way. being shocked. By happenstance, I retweeted another nerd site, posted a barf bag that was given out at Jalo Films in <laughs> North America, and it was like, you must take this bag with your ticket because it's so shocking kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like that. I remember we wanted to do that for Jesus Christ Vampire, and, oh, yeah, and everyone yeah. I knew who flew for two years, I told them uh-huh. steal as many vomit bags as you could because I want to give them out. I wanted to give out like we have a, a vomit bag here, but it's kind of a fake one, and the inside of vomit bags have this particular smell because they're they're lined, they're coated, right, 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 and yeah, it kind of makes you want to puke more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted that smell in the theater while we we're watching this film. So one last <laughs> movie this week is our kids' club presentation of Babe. And Babe is historic, of course, because not only was it an Oscar-winning film, and I thought a really great movie that probably Braveheart, in my mind, robbed that year. I thought Babe was better than Braveheart. <laughs> yes, I think the Police Academy <laughs> yeah. edition that year is better than Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, but uh, of course it has a Mad Max connection, which, which is so hilarious. Yeah, that, George Miller. That George Miller, the mastermind behind Mad Max, also produced Babe and Babe Pig in the City. Yeah. So it's really great to see that diversity there. This, this filmmaker who is, if he's known for one film, it's Road Warrior, Mad Max, or, or now Fury Road. And Babe. And Babe, yeah. <laughs> Ian, your partner. Yes, my partner. not yours. <laughs> <laughs> he, he particularly likes the Babe movies. He loves them. I like them too. Yeah, come out and check that out on Sunday afternoon. It's free for kids with a $10 membership. And then there's always confusion about this, but grown-ups are welcome as well. You can just yeah. come see this movie like a normal movie. Yeah. So that's our films for August 25th through 31st. Maybe we'll wrap it up because we talk 30 minutes about Pittsburgh and 10 <laughs> minutes about movies. And Jerry Lewis. And Jerry Lewis, of course. <laughs> if there's like 100 people out there who really want to come see a Jerry Lewis movie, tell us. Because maybe we can just do a belated... Jerry Lewis thing. Or maybe we could do something at Saturday Night Cinema. Or, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, thinking, yeah. I don't know, I think people would hate me because I'd be the only one laughing yeah. there. <laughs> but I wonder if I could do a clip or something. Do a short. You need shorts? Do you do some shorts? Well, there's all, you'd think that looking at YouTube because there's yeah, so many yeah. segments, like, you know, who's minding the store has the typewriter bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, that looks like a short film uh, the way it's presented on YouTube. So go visit our friends at House of Targ. They're doing a thing now for the next little while of free play all day. Free play video games all day for family. Uh, they have a new Playboy pinball machine, which is oh. really cool. And, um, <laughs> is Hugh Hefner on it? Or he is. is babe? It's, no, it's Hugh Hefner and two Playboy bunnies. I'd rather and, shoot my balls at, yeah. a, at a bunny than at Hugh Hefner. <laughs> I think that's on the, that should be your ad for House of Targ. You giving the thumbs up. <laughs> Lee from the Mayfair Theater says. That could be the title of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And check us out online. We're all over Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Rate us on all those if you have a spare moment. Chat with us on the social media as well. And we'll see you soon for an overabundance of cool movies at the Mayfair. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Bye. That was Jerry Lewis. That was Jerry Lewis. (laughs) The year... 
1989. Could this be the date man conquers space and honeymoons on the moon? We did it. We did it. An American couple is way, way out on the moon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's this? Oh, they did it, too. It's Jerry Lewis in Way, Way Out, hitting a new high in laughter, in love, and in lunacy. Could this be the answer to peaceful coexistence? With the wild Russians, Dick Sean and Anita Ekberg adding to the maddest, merriest game of mixed doubles this side of the Milky Way. And it's idiots like you that get us into trouble jumping into conclusions. Sir, no one called me and... Take a tip. Take the trip and leave the driving to us. Way, way out. Thank you.